Halloween, that time of year when ghosts, goblins, spooks and spirits thrill, chill, delight and cause fright. What better time of year than to discuss some of the fears surrounding ufology, and in particular, the fear of being abducted by aliens, alien abductophobia. What is it? How and why does it manifest? And is it more of a rational fear than many might believe? Join myself and Neil here on Aliens Explored for our Halloween special as we brave this terrifying topic. During this discussion, I refer to an experience I had myself. If you want to go back and listen to the episodes where I refer to that, the links are in the description below. Aliens Explored is a weekly podcast exploring famous and obscure cases of UFO sightings, alien abductions and other strange events from both a believing and a sceptical perspective whilst keeping an open mind. I'm Stu Jackson, a professional actor and amateur ufologist with a particular interest in the crop circle phenomenon. I'll be debating that otherworldly visitations are real. The truth is out there. And I'm Neil Kelly. I'm a professional actor as well and used to work for the military as an intelligence analyst. I'll be arguing from a more doubtful point of view. I mean, it's all a bit far-fetched, isn't it? Hello listeners and welcome to yet another episode of Aliens Explored, your favourite podcast for looking at the mysterious skies, stars, beneath the oceans, smoke-filled backrooms, government departments. Um, and, and today, it's, it's, uh, this time it's our Halloween special. I'm one of your hosts, Neil Kelly. And I'm your other host, Spooky Stu Jackson. Spooky Stu. <laughs> well, I've got to think of something that goes with Central N. Utah Paranormal T-shirt, of course. You in are, yeah. I'm, I'm it wearing being a, Halloween, or whereas I'm more sort of um, smart, casual for a, for a job interview I had today. So, uh, right. So I was going to ask because I mean, your appearance. So our our, our audio listeners will. Uh, perhaps not appreciate this the same way but, uh, yes. but that is a very funky shirt you're wearing thank you thank you it was a present from my stepdaughter and one of my favorites and obviously you know autumn is drawing in and and very soon it's will be put away for for months on end so wear it while you can that's all the, the leaves are brown and the sky yeah. is grey. And yeah, the darker nights are closing in and it's getting colder. Uh, which begs the question, why have you taken your beard off? Well, um, I, as you know, I, I worked as Mr Monopoly up until June this year. Mm-hmm. And then I, I took a break. I left to do a few other things. Um, but now I'm in negotiations to return, at least on a, on a part-time basis. It'll give me... I, I suspect... It will become more and more full time as we go on, but yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll shave my beard off because Mister Monopoly doesn't have a beard, and in fact, my my own natural moustache isn't Hasbro approved. I have to go to work and stick on their Hasbro approved <laughs> false Mister Monopoly moustache. And uh, actually, you know, my wife didn't notice. 
And, uh, you know, we. <laughs> <laughs> she was out when I did it, and she came home, didn't say anything, and it was only, only sort of at bedtime. I said to her, did you, did you notice I'd shaved my beard? And she said, oh, yeah. She said, I, I thought there was something different about you, but I couldn't put my finger on it. So, you know, obviously it doesn't doesn't make that oh. much of an impact. So, yes, I could be returning. To, I mean, that's the thing as an actor, isn't it? You um, you grow facial hair when in, in your downtime so that um, people casting you, casting directors or directors, producers, have a choice. They can say, oh, great, well, can you just have a moustache or can you have big sideburns or whatever and actually what I'm usually told is yeah get rid of it just clean shaven and yeah. so th- here we are again I'm clean shaven again yeah I, I always leave it till the absolute last minute when I absolutely definitely have to take my beard off mm. um, partly because as you, as you rightly say you know I might go for an audition tomorrow that that requires a beard um but mostly because i hate seeing myself without a beard yeah um yeah well mm. you know my, my headshots are i'm i'm bearded but of course i could go to any audition and they say oh you look different i mean i know that women have this this quite a lot because they'll change their hairstyle and, and, and whatever and, you, know, you only change your headshots every few years you're likely to change your hairstyle a bit more often than that but of course, I then said, "Well, yeah, I have got my headshots with the beard, but I had to shave it off for another job." Mm. So you know, it's I, always, always that risk. Yeah, I often have two sets of headshots on the go with beard, without beard, so that yeah, I, can I think I might send off whichever one is appropriate at the time. Mm. Anyway, um, today's topic. Yes, it's the Halloween so, special, so by the time this goes out, the, the nights really will be drawing in, and the leaves will be brown and on the ground. Yes, and spooks and spirits fill the air and fill us all with terror, and it is a terrifying subject that we are addressing we, today. We will be do- and who is it who said we have nothing to fear but fear itself? Oh, Was that um, uh, Roosevelt or Kennedy? I'm thinking one of those Sun Tzu, two. I thought. I thought it was Sun Tzu. No, okay, were, the art of war. Um, yeah, I think. Or was it? No, it was one of the one of the ancient philosophers. Uh, you have nothing to fear. But I can't fear remember. I'm sure it was an American <laughs> president who who quoted. Oh, I was thinking. You know, when I go in someone's office and I see on their bookshelf above their desk Sun Tzu, the art of war, I just think, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> really is this yeah you, 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 you're just doing basic middle management but you need you think you need to read sun tzu the art of war you know, well attack where the enemy is weakest strategizing yeah. you know at the end of the day but yeah seeing seeing business as a battle and as a war that's mm, not yeah. healthy um, your biggest decision today will be though. what to put on the supermarket shelves sorry Fear itself. Fear generally. I'm I'm trying to segue this back into our subject today. Fear generally (laughs) is a healthy thing. It's something that keeps us safe, keeps us informed of danger, uh, keeps us out of danger. But when it becomes overwhelming or paralyzing, or when that fear is an irrational one, that's Mm. when it becomes a problem. And uh, a phobia um, is by definition an irrational fear so, so it's by definition a f- a f- yeah 
Well, I don't see that as an irrational fear, so I don't think it should count as a phobia. But most things that are called phobias aren't actually irrational fears. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they could be... They're, they're very real to the people who experience them. I mean, when you talk of transphobia or homophobia or Islamophobia, you know, those people are genuinely... They've read all the newspaper reports and they genuinely think this is the, the thin end of the... I, I don't think they are actually experiencing fear. Or no, they're not actually they're, they're, paralysed by fear. They're... Those are phrases that are used to uh, because <laughs> calling people bigots is considered less polite. So it's it's <laughs> nicer to say you're homophobic than it is to say, you know, you're a big bigot. Yeah, um, but you know, anger and hate are products of fear. That's where they come from. In some cases, in some cases, but but, oh. but getting back to um, to this specific one, then alien abductor phobia, which in case in case we have listeners out there who who can't work it out, it is the fear of alien abduction. There is abductor phobia, um, mm-hmm. fear of being abducted. There is alienophobia, just the fear of extraterrestrials. Um, not to be confused with xenophobia, which is the fear of terrestrial aliens, people from other huh. countries. Hmm. Strangers. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I would say, and, and I would argue the case for any form of abductophobia, that's quite a rational fear. I mean, well, I suppose it might be irrational if it's really unlikely to happen. Um, yeah. But I, mm, I yeah, it's it's when it becomes, I suppose, overwhelming, overpowering, when it hmm. starts impacting on your day to day life. I mean, phobia is also used. People use it to describe um, fears of things that can actually hurt them, you know, like poisonous snakes or crocodiles. Or yeah, that's a reasonable thing to be wary of, to be to have to have a fear reaction to, to to stay away from. Um, but yeah, to have a, you know, I think most people would be terrified if they were abducted by aliens, wouldn't they? I mean, it's not a phobia. <coughs> exactly, but it's not the fear when it happens, it's the fear of its potential. That it might um, happen. That's yeah. probably quite rational, unless that's happened to you before, unless you've uh, experienced that. Now, um, there was a story in Billboard of um, a country singer called Casey Musgrave. Who said that her biggest fear was alien abduction? Mm-hmm. Um, she said uh, she's an, she has a very irrational fear of alien abductions, which is our definition of phobia. Speaking of, she says I've seen several UFOs. So right. there we are. That, that was about the only thing I could find about this um, this alien abductor phobia. Couldn't really find anything much else about it well it's it's an interesting one um in that when when you take other folk like arachnophobia for example hmm. most people at some point have seen in uh, have seen spiders hmm. it'd be it'd be hard to imagine someone having arachnophobia and suffering from arachnophobia so it, it affecting them 
on a day-to-day basis if they had never seen or come across or heard of a spider. Hmm. So where does... I mean, well, I suppose we're... we're uh, see, I'm saying this and I'm, I'm already answering my own question because we're <laughs> seeing it portrayed through movies uh, and yeah. media. We're seeing sort of alien abduction. I mean, I, I would say I suffer low-level forms of alien abductophobia it, it's it's a fear and those nights when you know it's it's like it's really dark and you can't sleep and your mind starts turning in on itself and starts seeing shapes and shadows in the room hmm. that kind of thing um i feel like i'm narrating a horror story here. i'm going to Aliens explored after dark, um, <laughs> but that kind of that 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 environment, yeah, it starts playing on my mind. And if I've had a uh, a nightmare involving um, extraterrestrials or, or aliens or hmm. whatever that may be, because uh, we don't really know, yeah, I I will be in a a panicky state for several hours. Okay. But I don't know if that's alienophobia of... or alien abductophobia. Um, what else do you think aliens might do to you? I mean, they, they might just come and beat you oh. up. Rob Visit you. me. Um, I think Visit their presence you. holds some... Um, interestingly, so, so you remember back along, I had that experience where I, I felt... That I would, uh, that I had a visitation. Do you remember we talked about it and talked mm. about it with, with uh, Ben Stevenson from Central Utah Paranormal. He doesn't sponsor us. If <laughs> 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 he wants, uh, but, well, he kind of does. Yeah, he gave, he gave you a t-shirt, friend. man. You know, he gave you a t-shirt. It's a nice, it's a nice t-shirt. t-shirt. He gave, he gave me a hoodie as well for my birthday. So he you know, did give you a hoodie for your birthday. Thumbs up to lovely. Ben, Ben Stevenson, uh, and Central Utah Paranormal, who I have to plug on this show. He's uh, he. The, he the, Central Utah Paranormal are our friends. That's, that's yes. definitely the case. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So you remember when when all that happened? Um, mm. I, I discussed it. Uh, I, I go to therapy once a week, um, and that came up as you would probably imagine. Mm. Um, and yeah, we were exploring kind of like why it was so unsettling to the to the extreme levels that it was. Um, mm. And yeah, it, it we explored uh, a lot of themes of sort of control or lack of control, mm. uh, because if these beings are around us and we can't see them, we can't detect them. How how can we mitigate against them? How can we protect ourselves? So, yeah, that kind of that's the sort of thing mm. I discuss in therapy anyway. Okay. <laughs> No, I don't, um, I don't normally discuss that sort of thing. But I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you're talking about a, a phobia or something that yeah, you you can't actually see, but it might be there. <laughs> it might be stood right behind you now. Is um, I mean, studies have been done of people who have experienced alien abductions, um, and they they've looked at aspects like PTSD. Which mm-hmm. I know you you've suffered from suggestibility and dissociation related to alleged 
alien abductions. I'm reading from a report in Science Direct. And uh, they, they, studied, they compared a total of 19 individuals who'd reported memories of having been abducted by aliens um, compared to a control group of 32 participants and subjected them to a battery of tests to measure PTSD, suggestibility and dissociation. I don't think the, the results were very... Um, yeah, the differences were statistically significant only in suggestibility. Okay. So, um, dissociation might be involved in the clarification of some cases. Um, explanations alternative to psychosis for these testimonies are, are proposed. I mean, they talked about things like um, sleep paralysis, where you think you're awake and actually you're not, and you can't move because apparently when you go to sleep... Um, your body does go into a kind of paralysed state so that you don't thrash around because you're dreaming about something. You know, you, you, your body's kind of kind of held in check. I've had that experience where I thought I was awake. I was... This is, this is the dullest dream you've ever heard. Um, I was lying in bed, looking at the ceiling, thinking about things, and then my wife nudged me and said, turn over, you're snoring. And I said but I'm awake. And she said, no, you're not. You're snoring. <laughs> so I thought, this is the crappiest dream ever. I'm dreaming that I'm just in bed, like, awake, looking at the ceiling. <laughs> so that's why, that's why, this, it's kind of dreams Keir Starmer, as dull and uh, as practicable as, as, as possible. So yeah, I, I know the experience of thinking you're awake or, or when you, when you doze off in front of a movie and you start, adding in weird things in adding in weird things yourself because you're actually mm. you've kind of gone with one of their ideas and taken it into your dream world and developed it there and then suddenly you wake up again and think, wait a minute did, did that just happen that I th this thing i can't quite put words to this weird thing um so yeah there are aspects to do with 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 sleep and dreams and sleep paralysis ptsd uh, I found, um, mm. and, and they talked of recovered memory as well. People who under hypnotists have have realised, in inverted commas, that they had ah. been abducted by aliens. Now, I, w I want to talk about that, but before we do, I just want to sort of stick back on, on what you were saying there because I found that really interesting, the, the association with PTSD, um, mm. disassociation and suggestibility. It was those three things, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, so I'm comparing this to my own standpoint, my my own experience, my own fears, mm. um, and PTSD. Yes, as you rightly identified, you know I do suffer from PTSD. I've done for oh god twenty years mm. now, um, and and it varies between mild and severe depending on what's going on. Um, mm. But yes, so tick in that box, PTSD, mm. uh, dissociation absolutely that is something i have experienced not specifically to do with with aliens or abductions or anything like that but certainly with um trauma related events hmm. um i have a huge amount of dissociation and um, and how would that be how would you ex how would that be how would that manifest itself it it's so in in my case uh, it manifests in two different ways um I've not noticed a pattern to cause one or the other, but um, either I simply won't remember events. I mean, I've got like huge chunks of memory just totally missing from my life. Mm. Um, so, so there's that. 
um, like you know, there'll be like a seven-year period, and I can remember maybe three things from it. Mm. You know, the, 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 things of that nature. Or the other thing is, I can sort of I can access the imagery, but it's like watching a movie. It's like it's happened to somebody else. I've got no connection with it whatsoever. Mm. So so yeah, dissociation. I can I can certainly relate to that. Um, suggestibility. Now, my instinctive response is to say, I'm not suggestible at all, mm. as I would imagine most people would. But do you know what? The reality, I'm going to open myself up here to our listeners and to, well, I've opened <laughs> myself up to you many times, Neil. Um, you're my friend. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to kind of <laughs> go on public record with this mm. uh, and say that I would say, actually, emotionally, I'm very suggestive because I'm certainly very easily influenced emotionally. People can impact on my emotional state very, very easily. Okay. Um, now, I also think I'm a, a very pragmatic person. I've, mm. I've had to be. Um, I've had to learn to be a very pragmatic person. So I am now an extremely pragmatic person. I'm a very rational person. But that doesn't stop me from getting influenced emotionally so would you so on the outside of this would you say that is a sign of suggestibility um i have to emphasize i'm not an expert i'm not no no, no i have no qualifications in that respect but yeah i would say it sounds like that i mean one thing i thought with suggestibility you know when you're watching a movie maybe a war film or something and there comes that moment when it's all very you know the, the patriotic music plays and the flag waves and the, the hero stands up and and salutes and there's a tear in his eye or get, everyone gets a bit misty-eyed and whatever a manly um, tear of course yeah a manly tear yeah a manly <laughs> tear but you know he's remembering all the all the all the things he's lost and whatever and, and how he how hard he's fought and um I, I find myself reacting against that kind of thing because I find they're laying it on a bit too thick. And I mean, no, that's a bit much. You know, you can carry me along and get me to a certain emotional state. You know, you can, you can frighten me in a horror film. You can make me laugh in a comedy. But when you try and get me patriotic or, or nostalgic or, or, or whatever, or, um, I have a resistance to it. it. It triggers something, and I'm thinking, wait, no, what? You're, I can see that you're trying to manip. The, the manipulation is too clumsy. I think in those cases, it's yeah. They they, they really do lay it on thick, and it's a uh, bit, uh, and maybe some of our readers, will, our listeners, will agree. Some will some will disagree. But I have found times where I thought, or oh, just thought, yeah, <laughs> you think you're kidding. Yes, and uh, well, certainly war films and things like that I don't tend to react mm. to because I have little basis for compassion. There's little I can associate mm. um, with that. So, yeah, that's 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 quite interesting. Um, I was, when you said about, like, you know, we should say, we're not experts... Um, and then you went on to say, "I was, I was just agreeing with you." And then you went on to say, "And we have no qualifications." Well, of course, I do. Um, oh, yes, you do. Yes, in psychology. Um, uh, however, 
I want to make it clear, I'm not an expert in this. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I but can I, refer you on. I've just read your yeah. prescription. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm not. Oh, no, you can't write prescriptions, prescriptions, can you? You're not a psychologist. Oh, no, no. Isn't that the main difference no. between a psychologist and a psychiatrist, that a psychiatrist can write prescriptions? It's a different field of study. Um, hmm. Psychiatry and psychology are two different things. I know it. Sounds similar. They're both thinking mm. about like the way the brain works, um, but it is two different schools of thought. And also, to write prescriptions, you have to be a um, a medical doctor. Mm. Uh, you have to be an MD. Now, a lot of um, psychiatrists are also medical doctors. So yeah. yeah, you can go. You can go into being a medical doctor down that route. But I definitely, I don't have a doctorate. Mm. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Not yet. I'm not working on it, so I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> yet. Um, but, uh, but yeah, mm. um, so it, I wonder if it's worth looking at some of the physical responses that people get with alien abductophobia. Yeah, and what triggers it? What what kind of thing sets it off? Is it you? You just sort of you realise that you're out on a dark night and it's a clear sky above you. You can see. You can see the stars. You think, "Oh, wait a minute, is that one moving? Is it coming towards well, me?" Triggers. Let, let's look at triggers first of all, then, because mm. um, chronologically, that's what would happen. You'd get a trigger, and then you'd get the response. So, mm. uh, triggers. I'm going to sound really glib here. Can be anything. Can be nothing. Can be. It's really hard to understand triggers because they are unique to the person affecting them mm. um yeah that was pretty think good. of let me think of an example oh um an example with my ptsd um mm. that can be triggered by some really weird and bizarre things um i can be having a conversation and it might somewhere unconsciously Remind me of a conversation I had at another time when I was having a PTSD attack. Hmm. And that in itself can trigger a PTSD attack. Wow. Um, generally speaking, with my, because uh, mine was caused by a, uh, a severe road traffic accident, um, not happening to me, happening to my partner hmm. and her motorbike. So that... <laughs> I, I, I know I've shared this with you, Neil, um, just for our mm. listeners, in case you're interested. Um, my partner, we were out on our motorbikes. I was following her, and she got hit by a truck. Um, she survived, mm. but uh, for some time, a period of time when it first happened, didn't think she did. Thought it had killed her mm. outright. That was like the instant reaction. Um, yeah, so that, that left me with PTSD. It left her in a much worse state. Have to yeah. say, but uh, but yeah. So so for me, loud noise at fireworks. I hate fireworks. So we've got that coming up, um, mm. haven't we? Um, I hate fireworks. They always trigger me, always. Around bonfire night, uh, which is a time in the UK when we have lots of fireworks to celebrate a man who failed to blow up Parliament. Um, <laughs> we'll we think that's what we said. Um, yeah, you, you celebrate what you want. Celebrate if you want to. Yeah, I think we'd like to think we we celebrate a, a man who tried to and failed to blow up Parliament. Um, 
It's the only uniquely English celebration in our calendar. Everything else we share with the rest of the world. Christmas, Halloween, Easter, whatever. This is the only unique... And we don't even get a bloody day off for it. We don't get uh, a holiday a... for this... What? What about bank holidays for the coronations and things like that? Yeah, but they're they're not regular things. I mean, this this one has been a, a celebration ever since the plot was foiled in sixteen hundred and five. Um, of course, it was basically it was a it was the a, a, an early seventeenth century terrorism scare and led to mm. an anti-Catholic purge. One thing I found I was quite surprised at when I when I worked in the royal palaces. When you talk to people about I would often meet children who'd never heard of Guy Fawkes, had never heard of, didn't know what Bonfire Night was, um, and they would always be Catholics. It's right. Catholics. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I was about to say, bet they've heard a penny for the guy, though. Um, no, we no none of that. Because they would... Ag- like, again, for like, our... For our American listeners, but just to just to give context of what I've just said, penny for the guy. Uh, we would on bonfire night when we celebrate this event, uh, children will build life size effigies mm. of this man Guy Fawkes, who who is the guy who failed to blow up Parliament, uh, and he we would then burn those effigies. It's really barbaric, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, you get some, around, get, get some old we, clothes, stuff them with with newspapers. Um, wearing masks is a thing for it doesn't seem to be so much mm-hmm. anymore we always used to have a mask a pressed cardboard kind of guy fawkes mask um you'd stick one of those on me as well that would burn quite well you'd, you'd sit him on the bonfire and we would chant guy guy poke him in the eye stick him on the bonfire and there let him die and, oh, yeah, I, sort of six, I never had six, that one didn't you six six year old no. children were sort of dancing around singing that in in lewis in west sussex i mean they're quite Exclusive, they don't like strangers down there. It all gets a bit uh, wicker man down there, but they they will burn public figures in effigy. They often burn the Pope in effigy, but they will also burn whatever political figures have displeased them that year in effigy. So, it, yeah, it's not that uncommon, uh, I guess. Uh, but yes, well, the penny for the guy thing. So once you've got your effigy, you would take as a child, you would take it round your neighbours' houses, knocking on the door, and say, "Penny for the guy." Yeah, or just on the street. I mean, you basically have it in your in your cart, uh, in, on a, on yeah. a trolley of some kind. You wheel it around, and you yes. basically you're begging for money to go and buy fireworks. Yes. Anyway, we've we've gone right off the. We, point. We've gone right so off it. Yeah. What I'm so. saying is, that's the trigger for me is loud noises like fireworks. Um, yeah. So so triggers in general, it might be yes. Seeing a moving light in the sky could be a trigger. Uh, for mm. someone with alien abductophobia, it might be watching a movie with a you know grey aliens mm. in it. Um, I'm always incredibly uncomfortable. So movies like Close Encounters of the Third Kind, um, mm. seen at the yeah, spoiler alert for anyone who's not watched it, um, you see grey type aliens towards the end. Uh, that always freaks me out. Um, the movie uh, of the book Communion. I hmm. that that traumatised me as a kid. Uh, oh. I know we've talked about it on one of our very very early um, episodes of Aliens Explored, um, and and <laughs> had to watch it again. Oh, it was difficult. <laughs> um, yeah, so in fact, I talked about the trauma uh, in that episode. Uh, so yeah, 
that but, might be a trigger for some, but it it's so subjective and triggers can be incredibly vicarious. Um, so mm. it's, it's it's really down to the individual. I mean, as a kid, you know, I would watch Doctor Who. That was probably the earliest kind of horror that I would watch. Um, and I was terrified of the Cybermen in particular. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that, that's all right. They're, they're from another planet, but they're just they're just monsters and they kill you. you yeah. know, they come in your room and kill you. So um, is it is it necessarily a fear of alien abduction or a, a, an encounter with any other kind of worldly being? I mean, is it is this the same? Would would people in times before we thought about outer space and visitors from other planets would people have had the same fears about witches and hobgoblins and fairies that kind of thing i'm gonna i'm gonna put a question to you in response when was it we didn't think about the vast universe and what else might be in it um I think for a, a long time people didn't really understand how vast the universe was. They would think of stars as just no. lights in the sky. Um, I'm thinking it's yeah. You know, this fear of of aliens is you know, people you know, creatures from other planets who come to attack us or colonize us. Um, that's a it started in the 20th century. That prior to that it would have been more more folklorish stuff: vampires, werewolves, fairies. Well, it is it is modern day folklore, and yes, those yeah. same exact same things would have been ascribed to um, other, fo- like you say, witches or or fairies. In- interesting one, um, the horseshoe. People say, "Oh, yeah, you're putting a horseshoe above the door. That's for luck." Well, no, actually, it's it's because traditionally people believed that elves and fairies, kind of the same thing back then, hmm. uh, were evil spirits that came to do you harm. But they were repelled by iron, and mm. of course, in a in a little rural village, uh, a, an old horseshoe is the easiest bit of iron you can get. Mm. Oh, so, so I remember there was a thing you had that to comes from. You had to put it the right way up so that it was a, a U shaped. Yeah. If you if it turned upside down, you've tipped all the luck out. They'd say all the luck falls out. Yeah. yeah. No, that's that's a more modern day interpretation mm. of it. No, it was it was there to ward against evil spirits because mm. evil spirits were repelled by iron. Um that was what it was there for. Mm. Yeah, mm. so it's it's something deep in our psyche, this this fear of something coming in from another world, another dimension, some some creature emerging and it carrying you off. I mean I, I suppose in Certainly in, in Ireland, there was a great fear of fairy rings. I mean, they would tend to be old Iron Age forts, um, but they would they would take the shape of a fairy ring. They, they believe, people believe these to be fairy rings. And if someone had a particularly difficult baby, they, they could believe that that baby has been replaced, that the fairies have taken away your nice baby and replaced it with this changeling that just screams all day and all night and exhausts you and will grow up to be a, an evil person. And I think there was some yes. kind of right you had to do. To, yeah. <laughs> I think you had to do something pretty horrendous to the baby to to get the fairies to reverse the swap. Often um, the way, often the way. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we're running over time. So we did say we'd talk about... 
the physical response to mm. uh, alien abductor phobia. Um, so it can be panic attacks are very very common, um, extreme anxiety, mm. um, and panic attacks uh, involve uh, feelings of unreality, sweating, trembling, shortness of breath, um, palpitation, so your heart beating extremely fast, and in an irregular pattern as well, um, sensation of butterflies in the stomach, um, nausea, dizziness, feeling faint, pins and needles even, uh, dry mouth, hyperventilation, all this, you know, it, it's quite an extreme physical response your body essentially goes into fight or flight mode um, okay um so am i thinking right i'm thinking it's you you've gone into fight or flight mode but you don't mm -hmm. know which way to flee, flee and you don't know what to fight that it's a kind of impotent yeah. kind of you've you've you're, all your defenses are triggered but you don't know you, you can't see the threat it has no direction to be focused in yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right and that in itself that's that's kind of worse because you you know you're reacting to something hmm. but that thing is hidden from you which which is even more terrifying um hmm yeah i'm happy to say i've never experienced that and i'm, I'm, not, I'm not keen to to um not keen to either. I have and indeed we've talked about it on this yeah. <laughs> on this show when I had that experience that night that's exactly mm. what I was going through um, but here's the thing a lot of people won't come forward because one of the biggest side effects to particularly I, I'm going to say with something like alienophobia or alien abductophobia is shame um, fear of, of of being ostracized, of being ridiculed. Mm. You know, I mean, a lot of people like, especially, it's not so bad for us because we 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 are in circles where we are interacting with people who who have conversations about otherworldly beings um, mm. and and they have open conversations so that's fine but imagine if somebody just never ever it's probably easier for you to imagine than for me even Neil because mm. you were in that environment where nobody ever talked about that sort of thing can you imagine if you had a fear like that who would you talk to about it mm. and people don't and they suffer they suffer in silence with it and I would say as we as we wrap up this episode uh listeners if you suffer from alienophobia alien abductophobia any kind of phobia at all talk to someone about it a problem shared is a problem halved and it gets easier when you talk to people so don't sit on it do go and speak to people and you can always speak to us um Anything else on alien abductophobia you want to add, Neil? Um, I don't think so. Remember, we're not qualified. We're happy to to, to no. talk to you about it, but um, yes, very true. Look, very if true. That's all, if that's worth, all you need, to, to someone not. to talk to who's not going to ridicule <laughs> you, then then yeah, we're we're the ones. But if you need something more, then um, yeah. 
we're not mental health professionals, but uh, there are some good mental health professionals out there. All credit yeah. to the mental health professions. As Absolutely. Well. Um, so yeah, so if you do want to talk to us about this, about any stories that we come up with, about any of our subjects or topics, or about anything to do with UFOs or otherworldly beings, then you can do so by sending us an email, aliensexplored.gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, by searching Aliens Explored. And of course, if you're one of our Patreon subscribers, you get exclusive access to our Discord server, so you can chat about it there as well join us next time where oh yes we're going to be talking about a ufo investigator paul benowitz so wow. don't miss that Look one to that. and uh, to it. in the meantime keep watching out for anything hiding under the bed as it's halloween <laughs> <laughs> and of course Keep watching the skies. Take care for now. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Aliens Explored is a Fecal Films production in association with Juicy Falls. Music by Darren Mafucci and editing by Stu Jackson. Find us on Twitter or Facebook by searching Aliens Explored or visit us on aliensexplored.com.